Mary uh, hurried to get her children fed and clothed. It was a cold December morning, and they had a long way to walk. Mary cleaned houses five days a week. It was the only work that she could find that would allow her to still take care of her three young daughters at the same time. She would drop the older two off at the elementary school and take three-year-old Becky with her. The girls would come to her for lunch, and then she would be home uh, again before they got home from school in the afternoon. It was a good arrangement, and it kept her off welfare. She didn't want help from anybody. Becky, Mary called, hurry, it's time to go. Becky came to the door carrying a ragged old doll with all of the hair loved off of it. She said, I'm all ready to go, Mama, but we forgot to dress Charlie. Mary glanced up at the clock and looked down at the face of her smiling daughter, and she took the doll quickly, dressed him, wrapped him in his blanket, gave him back to Becky, and the little family went out into the cold, dark, early morning. Mama, said Laura, who was seven and the oldest, are we awfully late? No, Laura, we're not awfully late. I don't know why we have to dress that stupid old doll anyway, said Cindy, who was six and in the first grade and thought that she was quite grown up. To her, Charlie was just a big waste of time. Two years ago, Mary might have agreed with her. Then they had everything they wanted, they lacked for nothing. And her mind went back to those days and compared them to how it was today, as she had done a million times before. One day, everything was fine, and then the next, her husband was gone, and all he left behind was a note to say goodbye. Well, that's not all he left behind. He left behind a wife and three small daughters and an empty bank account. As soon as she recovered from the shock, Mary tried to build a new life, but it was so hard. She had never had to work outside of the home before, and now she was cleaning other people's homes to keep her daughters fed, and their clothes were the hand-me-downs of her employer's children. What she regretted most of all, though, was having to make them walk so far every morning, especially when it was cold. As for the radical change of lifestyle, the older girls seemed to take it as just a part of, um, of life. They tried to help as they could, and, and they tried not to complain. As for Becky, she found happiness in her doll. As long as she had Charlie, she never seemed to stop smiling. He always had to be dressed for the weather and then wrapped in his precious blanket. It was just an old scrap of a blanket that someone must have let drop, and she found it in a parking lot, and Mary washed it, and now it was Charlie's blanket. Was Charlie a waste of time? Mary decided no. Charlie was Becky's happiness, and that most definitely was not a waste of time. As they neared the elementary school, the two older girls hugged their mother as they did morning after morning and ran inside, and they went on down the street and turned into the Littles' residence. That was Monday's home. The Littles had been getting ready for Christmas, so it seemed, for there was a a green wreath and a a red bow on it, and Mary was prepared for what she would see when she walked inside, but Becky was not. 
Oh, Charlie, she whispered, as if she were afraid that her voice would disturb the splendor. Look at what Mrs. Little's got. The house is beautifully decorated for Christmas. And in the corner over here, there was a, a huge Christmas tree, and the silver star on the top almost touched the ceiling. It was tastefully decorated with glass ornaments and, and garland and tinsel, and underneath was a huge pile of presents all wrapped with ribbons and bows. Mary took Becky's coat and hung it up, and Becky just stood there staring at the tree. Becky, I have to go to work now. Promise me you won't touch anything. I promise, Mama. And she climbed up into a big easy chair, and she sat there the whole morning pointing out all the different ornaments to Charlie and trying to get what was, what, guess what was in the packages. Laura and Cindy came for lunch, but they hardly looked at the tray. It hurt too much. They knew that there would be no tree for them this year, just like there wasn't one last year. Money wasn't to be spent on anything that wasn't necessary. They knew that, but it still hurt. The day repeated itself, replayed itself. Tuesday at the Harris's, and Wednesday at the Johnson's, Thursday at the Krebs, Friday at the Fisher's. But then on Saturday, they were at home. And Becky, having spent the whole week in all of these houses, gloriously decked out for the Christmas season, began to realize she must be missing out on something. Mama, she said, why do all those people have trees in their house? And why are there all the presents? Is it somebody's birthday? Why don't we have a tree? Well, Mary knew that that question was coming sooner or later. And Laura and Cindy, who were playing on the floor, stopped playing and looked up at Mary for the answer. Mary put aside her mending and pulled Becky up onto her lap. And she said, you are such a smart little girl. Yes, it is somebody's birthday, and I'm going to tell you all about him. His name is Jesus, and he was born on Christmas Day. And then she proceeded to tell them how it all came about and how there came to be a Christmas. Becky hugged Charlie tight. Oh, the poor baby. Was it very cold in the manger? I wouldn't want to sleep in the stable, would you? Still, I wish I could see it. And Mary said, we can. And she put the child off her knee and stood up. Get your coats on, girls. We're going for a walk. And down the street was a church. And every Christmas, they put up a large nativity. There was a wooden stable filled with hay. There were tall ceramic figurines. And high above was a star that hung there. And the girls were awed by the simple and beautiful scene. It was just as Mary had told them it would be from the Bible. And even when the cold had seeped into Becky's clothes so that she shivered, she didn't want to leave. The next week was as hard as to them as that one. A everywhere they went, it seemed as though the world was taunting them with a Christmas that would not be theirs. In the malls, the carols were playing, and parents were grabbing up the latest toys and games. As Mary picked up the economy packs of socks and underwear for her daughter's gifts, she tried not to look in the other carts. At Safeway, she breezed through the checkout line with her lone box of spaghetti, which was to be their Christmas dinner. 
And she laughed at the long lineup of people with their carts full of turkey and trimmings, but it was a hollow laugh because she wished she had been one of them. Outside, the families laughed and shouted at one another as they picked out what they thought would be the most perfect tree for their house. Mary tried not to notice. It was Laura and Cindy that caused her heart to finally well up in grief. Somehow, as adults, we're able to take almost anything life dishes out. We, We take it in stride and we keep going, but oh, how different it is when it's your child who's hurting. Nothing hurts a mother more than the sorrow of her child, and that was Mary's position. In the schools... They were concentrating on Christmas, which was to be expected. It was December. The teachers had the kids making ornaments and stringing popcorn for their trees. They wrote letters to Santa. At recess, all the other kids talked about all the gifts that they expected. Laura and Cindy said nothing. They did what was expected. They tried to avoid the other kids at recess. But at home, they let all the anger and hurt spill out at a world that seemed to be leaving them out of Christmas. And so the bitterness grew in Mary's heart. With every carol and ornament, she seemed to grow colder With every Christmas card and holler of Merry Christmas, she hated the season more. And Laura and Cindy, as children so often do, took their cue from their mother and got the same attitude. Only little Becky was immune. She would sit there rocking her doll, Charlie, and she would tell him over and over again the story about the baby Jesus born in a stable. Christmas morning came in a flurry of snow. Laura and Cindy woke up cold, and they ran into Mary's room and burrowed under the covers to get warm, and she snuggled them close and kissed them on their foreheads. Merry Christmas, she said. Merry Christmas, Mama, they echoed. I'm afraid there's not much, but go get your sister, Becky, and you can open what there is. And the girls jumped out of bed and raced off to get their sister. Mary got up to get dressed, but too soon they were back. Where is she, Mama? We can't find her. The words hit Mary like a truck. The three of them raced through the apartment, looking in every closet, in every corner for the child, calling her name. They looked in the backyard. They looked in the front yard. They looked in the neighbor's yard. There was no Becky. Where could she be? She never went out alone. They must have missed her in the house. They went back in to look. Mary, dear Lord, help me to find my child as she searched every place that possibly a child could be. Forgive me for my selfishness. Those prayers for a Christmas dinner and presents and nothing. Forget about them. Just give me my child back. And she was nearly frantic now. And then she noticed Charlie. He was placed carefully on a chair facing a window. Her heart was racing with her mind. 
Where could Becky be? She never went anywhere without Charlie. And where was his blanket? She always insisted that that blanket be wrapped tightly around him. And then she knew. She says, wait right here, girls, as she ran out into the dark, snowy morning. She ran all the way down the street, only slowing up and tears of relief coming to her eyes when she saw her daughter in that manger, the light of the stars shining down. She had crawled up there and was busily trying to cover the baby Jesus with that ratty scrap of a blanket. Mary was close enough to hear what she was saying. I was afraid you would be cold. I knew it would be snowing on you. This is Charlie's blanket, but we give it to you. He has me to keep him warm. At that, Becky heard Mary her mother, and she turned around. Hi, Mama, she said, and she smiled that big, beautiful, innocent smile. I thought, Jesus might have thought we had forgotten about him on his birthday. Mary snatched him out of the straw and hugged her close, and she said, oh, honey, I'm sorry I did forget. Dear Lord, I'm so sorry I did forget. And then she tenderly carried her daughter back with the tears just raining down her face. And Christmas joy had finally filled her heart. Back home with Christmas carols to cheer them. They took those ornaments the girls had made and the strings of popcorn. And they decorated Mary's tallest house plant. They, they made a star out of tinfoil and put it on the top. And there was just enough gifts to fit around the bottom of their little Christmas tree. And best of all, Mary made a a birthday cake and they sat around the table and held hands and they sang, Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. And as for Charlie, cradled tightly in Becky's arms, well, even without his blanket, he was still A little child shall lead them. That's a true story, by the way. And you know, Jesus was a masterful storyteller. His stories weren't meant specifically to entertain, although no doubt they did. His description of uh, certain people straining out gnats only to swallow camels probably got a good chuckle. But his real reason to tell stories was so people could understand God's purposes. He told stories of everyday things in life which helped them to see what it was, was really real and to understand the truth. He, sometimes he would explain the story and sometimes he didn't, but he always invited people to come to him and he would answer all of their questions. And over the years, you know, if you've been coming here any time, that I tried to do the same thing when it comes to Christmas. I looked for stories which I believe could help others understand what the holiday is really about. And I've looked for years, and I have maybe seven or eight stories. I might have found another one. I'm not sure. They have to be the right length, and they have to communicate something of the wonder of Christmas. And little Becky understood what her mother and Laura and Cindy had forgotten, that Christmas is all about Jesus. The Bible says, for God 
so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's why we have Christmas. That's what it's all about. Jesus coming to save us. The very next verse says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The Son was given so that we may have life, eternal life, God's life in us. And without Jesus, Christmas is just so much fun. I mean, it's as good as far as it goes. It just doesn't go far enough. (laughs) But with him... All the good that we enjoy at Christmas is just a taste of all that is yet to come. There is a better day coming for those of you who have put your faith in Jesus Christ. So on behalf of Y Bible Church and from my family to yours, Merry Christmas and may your new year be happy. And more importantly, may your hearts and lives be filled with Christ and the love of God. Merry Christmas, my good friends. Merry Christmas.